Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Good evening. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. What a crappy hump day, right? It had to be snow in the forecast. But when you really think about it, if you were driving around the city and you saw how wet it was, you weren't really like scared about it. People were out there like, oh, it's been snowing all day. And they're like, yeah, but it's it's raining, essentially. So it's not really going to stick much. Uh, so that makes you feel good about it. All right. Uh, something that something else that should make you feel good. I'll be hanging out with you guys till nine o'clock. All right. Leading you into bed MGM tonight. Uh, but we'll start the show. The way that we always do, it's called the trifecta. These are the top three stories in my brain in no particular order. Morell going to third. Three. He will slide. He's it's got a triple. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. It's over. The Bulls win. That's a thunder. Number three. Number three, of course. We all watched it yesterday. The Chicago Bulls losing to the Indiana Pacers. What was going on there? It's like even almost up to the final buzzer, you just had no idea what was going on. Caruso over the midcourt line. Caruso with a pull-up, right side three, up, rim down, rebound Turner, and this ball game is over. You have got to be kidding me. We can't sugarcoat this at all, folks. This is a punch to the gut. Damn. <laughs> I didn't hear that, but shout-out Chuck Swirsky. He definitely captured uh, the emotions of all Chicago Bulls fans. Bulls had an 82% win probability with four minutes left to go in that game. 82%. Thank God you didn't bet on that. Um, some other standouts. It's just, it was a frustrating loss. You know, I was watching it yesterday, and I actually, I went back and watched it again this, um, this afternoon. Oh, why? You know, sometimes I like torture. I wanted to have a clear-cut answer as to why the Bulls lost that game. Because I was dude, what happened yesterday, Bulls? I get that all the time from my friends, my dad, like anybody. And I, I just didn't want to be like, the Bulls suck. So I, I had to go back because I was watching it. I was so happy in the first half. It made sense to me. I bet the under. I want money on the under. We'll get into parlaying later. But I want money on the under, and, I, and, I, was, and I, I made a small bet on the under and the Bulls. Because I wasn't sure. Bulls coming off a of back-to-back. You know, Pacers, they're without... Halliburton, but you know, you just weren't sure. Then when the Bulls were up a ton, you're like, oh, dude, this is awesome. My DraftKings account is just going to be in a surplus today. 
then literally I had to go watch the game again because I think, what the hell happened? Like, what actually happened? I have an answer. We'll talk about that in a second. But here's Billy Donovan talking about the collapse for the Chicago Bulls. Played a tough loss. You guys played good basketball in that first half. It looked like when they increased the defensive pressure, you guys really just had trouble doing anything. Yeah, I mean, I thought that. I thought. I thought a couple things. You know, happened is I thought. Um, one is they were really, really aggressive. We had a really hard time handling the basketball, passing it, and even just getting into offense. Yeah. And then I think the other part of it, too, is when we did do a pretty good job defensively, we gave up so many second-chance opportunities, you know, where they just kind of outworked us, got to loose balls, got to hustle plays. There was a big one where I think we may have been up, and uh, they got an offensive rebound. I think maybe Matherin may knocked down a three. We were up by two, went down by one. Um, you know, there was just a lot of plays like that, but clearly the turnovers, you know, were, were hard. And then, you know, us being able to make some plays. We did when we got it to the middle of the floor and we got it out against their pressure, we were okay. But just the initial pressure, I thought, really kind of got us back on our heels. There's no question. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, you could blame it on the defensive rebounds that you were giving up as a Chicago Bulls team. But it was it was deeper than that. It was deeper than that. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit more in a second. Uh, but that was your number three inside the trifecta. Number two. Skabe Ramirez, top three stories in my brain, no particular order. Number two, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to play. I think it's very important. Betting lines were going crazy yesterday. If you were looking at, at it, you thought to yourself, why are the Bengals the favorite in right now? And then you're like, oh, because Patrick Mahomes probably isn't going to play. And you start listening to Tony Romo, talk about high ankle sprains. But sure enough, full participant. Full participant for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he said he's ready to go. He can't put it any other way. He said it's doing good. He's done a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab, excited to get on the practice field and kind of test it out and see where he's at. He said, but it's feeling good so far. Continuing the quote, he said, I felt better than I thought I was going to uh, going to be after the game. Moving on it during the game definitely hurt, but after the game, I was able to rest it and kind of ice it up and do different stuff like that. I felt in a little bit better position, and obviously the next morning felt a little bit better. And then I've continued to get better throughout the week, so we'll see how I feel today at practice. So, I mean, listen, if Mahomes is there, tough, right? Bengals have been playing so well. They have this chip on the show that you didn't think they were going to be able to duplicate. Everyone thought they were going to have some sort of Super Bowl hangover. And here they are playing in tip-top shape with a guy in Joe Burrow who truly, certainly believes that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And if he beats Patrick Mahomes and makes it to his second Super Bowl in the row, it's going to be hard to argue against that. Number one. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, number one story is that the NFL has announced their MVP finalists for this season. And none of the names will shock you. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Jefferson. Now, the wide receiver being in that group shouldn't throw you off much. Justin Jefferson had a phenomenal year. I'm trying to think who I, I mean. For me, it's Patrick Mahomes. I think if you ask any casual football fan, they're just going to go whoever did the best for them in fantasy football. Let's be very clear. If you had Josh Allen and you won your Super Bowl or whatever it is, your championship, you're going to be like, dude, Josh Allen's the man. Give him the money. Same thing for Jalen Hurts. If he carried you all the way and then crapped you out in the last couple of weeks because he didn't play, you'd still want Jalen to be there for me. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be interesting to see who it goes to. AP Defensive Player of the Year finalist, Nick, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, Michael Parsons is in there as well. AP Offensive Player of the Year, your four finalists, Tyreek Hill. God, if you watched any game of Miami, you just saw what an amazing player he is. Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, 
and Patrick Mahomes rounding out the top four right there. Should be some interesting awards, uh, but the one that we're all going to be looking forward to is who's going to be winning that championship at the end of the year. That's a magic number. That is your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. Right here on 670 The Score, I am Gabe Ramirez. Want to go ahead and say a special thank you to everybody that's listening on the Odyssey app, taking us everywhere with you that you can possibly go. And the Odyssey app, the reason why it's cool is because not, not only can you listen to the podcasts of every show that's here on The Score, that you can listen to us whenever you're, you know, want to, I don't know, drown out your mother-in-law or father-in-law that's talking to you. But tomorrow, you can also get exclusive content, like what's going to happen at 7 o'clock. I'll be doing something for Odyssey Sports. It's their national brand. But I'll be talking about the White Sox and the Chicago Cubs, offseason moves, expectations for the season, uh, how the views of, of the fan base is different for either side that we're on. So cool stuff like that. Uh, while the Bulls while the Bulls game is going to be going on, that can be heard on the Odyssey app. So make sure you guys go ahead and download that. Got to shout out everybody on uh, 104.3 HD2, making us uh, listen to us loud and clear. There's a super delay on that, though. It's always funny. Like if, I, if I'm listening to regular score and I missed something or I didn't hear anything, I'll just go to the HD2 channel because I know it's like 10 seconds behind. Sometimes I feel like I'm 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 a time traveler, but more often than not, I'm just excited that's coming in crystal clear. Um, something that was not clear was the direction of the Chicago Bulls yesterday. It was frustrating, man. It's frustrating to, to see what was going on because, again, I I knew people were going to ask what happened. What happened? And it's no different than any other game that I've watched this year where the Bulls have kind of lost to an inferior team. It's simply that they come out and play Chicago Bulls basketball, unselfish basketball, and then for one reason or another, they feel because they have a significant lead, they can then do whatever they want. And yesterday, that fell on the back of DeMar DeRozan. And I've complained about this, but I feel like it really stood out yesterday in that game. We know DeMar can score. We know this. We see it. Game in and game out. Mid-range, killing, getting to the cup, hitting tough baskets. We know DeMar DeRozan can do that. We also know Zach Levine could do it. We saw it in the few games where DeMar was out. Vooch, you know what you can get. We know these guys can do it. The problem is when they put the, when they try to put the team on their back, and do it all by themselves, it disrupts the flow of the game. And the Bulls were doing a phenomenal job of playing team basketball. Everybody was eating with the extra pass every time down the floor. People were eating. It was feeling good. Then I felt like in the second half, DeMar started to hit a couple of shots, but then he just felt like it was DeMar time. And again, I we agree that he is a great scorer. There's no you cannot take that away from DeMar DeRozan. But to make this team operate at its highest level, there needs to be a team element every single quarter. Why do Bulls break down in the fourth? Cuz you spend 3 quarters playing like a team and then in the fourth someone decides, "No, nope, you know what? I know that worked the whole the whole game so far, but it's my time. Let's get the team on my back. And then you hit a couple shots. Sure, you're there. You keep us in the game. But with just sheer percentages and odds, 
You're not going to be able to do that consistently. You have to have some easy baskets somewhere in there in the fourth quarter. Tough. Tough to see things like that. Billy Donovan, he talked about that and how the tides changed in the third quarter and what those issues were. You know, what we talked about at halftime was the fact that this team has really come back from a lot of double-digit deficits this year. And that's kind of been their trend. If you go back to the first time we played them, we were up by 22 points. They made two runs at us. You know, we pulled away at the end. But we, we just didn't respond. You know, we talked about it at halftime, and I think we came out. We missed our first couple shots. And we've got to be able to compete better, you know, in those situations and get lost in the game, you know, of competing. But I do agree with you. I think it started right in the third quarter because we had a a lead. We kind of held on and went back and forth. But we didn't do enough things in the game in terms of taking care of the basketball, in terms of rebounding the basketball. And then again, like we, 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 we come out in the first half and we hold them to 46 points. And you give up 70 in the second half. And you look at where we were at offensively, how many points we scored. You know, I just, I think the, the intensity level as it got raised, we were not able to respond and play at that level. And we've got to be able to try to find ways to be able to do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm the more I play these clips, the more upset I get. And I just told studs to open up the phone lines because I feel like you are listening to this right now and your emotions are are getting heightened. So I want to open up the phone line so that that way we can discuss this as a collective. 312-644-6767. My my question for you is this. I was listening to Parkinson Parkinson Heron earlier and Danny said something at the very end where he was like, you know, in the pie chart of blame for the Chicago Bulls, DeMar DeRozan's slice is small. And so my question to you is, in the pie chart of blame for the Bulls, and you can, you can put it to last night's game or just them as a, as a whole for the season, who gets the biggest slice of blame and who gets the smallest slice? Because everyone's responsible. Don't get it twisted. Every single player, coach, management, Everyone gets a little bit of blame here. And they should. Accept responsibility. Players were not playing with our highest standard. Coaches were not drawing up the best plays. AK and such, we didn't necessarily have the you know, right tools that we probably should have. Everyone is there's someone to blame everywhere. But who takes the biggest slice of the pie and who takes the smallest slice of the blame pie? 312-644-6767. Who some people might put the biggest blame on, who hit three, or excuse me, two three pointers in the first quarter and then didn't even attempt one for the rest of the game. That was weird. I bet Vooch to have two three pointers, so I was happy I hit it early, but damn, I was like, you couldn't shoot a couple more? I know people complain about it, but he talked about the differences between the first and the second half of the games yesterday. Well, I think, you know, obviously, in the first half, we're the aggressors. We're taking it to them uh, on both ends of the floor. Defensively, we locked in. We rebounded the ball well. And offensively, we're really aggressive, attacking, you know, making them move you know, from one side to the other. We're getting whatever we wanted. 
a lot of stuff in tradition as well. In the second half, they offensively got a little stagnant. Once we started some shots, and then um, defensively, we just didn't have the same intensity, same attention to detail. Uh, we gave offensive boards as well. Once the game went on, just, you know, they're coming back and back. In the end, it was just too many mistakes. We're talking about the Indiana Pacers. They'd lost seven in a row. Didn't have Tyrese Halliburton, the, the bull killer. DeMar drops 33. Up 20. I can't be the only frustrated Bull fan that's out there right now. And it's almost reaching a level of frustration like the White Sox last year. Where, where you keep thinking something's going to happen and something's going to be different. And it just fails to materialize. It's embarrassment. Indiana, in a stretch of games, you're supposed to be winning. How many times were we saying this about the White Sox? Oh, here's a stretch of eight games. Oh, here's a stretch of 10 games. Oh, they're playing division now. You know what's funny you mentioned that? I said to us, I was working the game last night. Alyssa's here in the studio. And I said to her towards the end of the game, I said, this Bulls team is exactly like last, last year's White Sox team. Dude. Every time you think they're gonna get, they're getting it together, like, no, Dude. no, we're no, we're gonna clown a game. It's away. ridiculous. And it's it, it it it's self-inflicted. That's the worst part. All right, I gotta take a break, but I do want to take some calls. All right. 312-644-6767. I have some more Vooch audio for, for you on the other side. We'll talk about the game a little bit. But when you're thinking about this blame pie chart, that is. Who has the biggest slice for you? Who are you most frustrated with when it comes to this particular Chicago Bulls team? And who are you kind of giving a pass to? You know what? But I'm not tripping on Kobe White. He's been playing better. 312-644-6767. We'll take your calls after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, so Caruso hoping, looking, heel down the ball. Caruso in play, oh, no. deflected, stolen by McConnell. Down the floor to Buddy Heald. He's going to dribble it out. Bulls need to foul here, Bill. And Caruso finally fouls Neesmith on the right sideline. Frustrating few minutes for the Chicago Bulls as they lose to the Indiana Pacers 116-110 yesterday. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670. The score taking your phone calls, thoughts, about the game, just the level of frustration that's out there, 312-644-6767. Let's go ahead and just jump out there, man. Let's go to Edwin. He's driving on the I-55 right now. What thought? What were your thoughts on the uh, the loss yesterday, Edwin? Frustrated just like I was? Well, you know what? Man, I was more than frustrated. And, and I'm a Bulls fan through and through. 
But I think a lot of the uh, criticisms that Zach Levine got, some was warranted. I think they put too much on him because of his contract. Do me a favor. Do me a favor real quick, Edwin. Lower your radio just a little bit right now, just while we're chatting, just so we can get it in. This is real live. All right, so but because I, I want to hear, I want to hear your thoughts here. So you're saying the criticism of Zach Levine? Continue. Is the criticism? Some of it was warranted, but a lot of it is, is not, in my opinion. And I think Demar Derozan gets a fly. I don't think them two can coexist. They need to tweak something. And as far as blame, I think it's enough to go all around. You can't just blame <laughs> one person right, because right, right. you win as a team and you lose as a team, right? Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. I mean when you when you see how they're playing right now, Edwin, it's it's frustrating because they show you they show you glimpses of greatness. You see what the team can look like if if it's operating on a high level on all cylinders, right? Thanks for the call, Edwin. I appreciate it. Let me go talk about some of the stuff you mentioned. You know, first you talk about the criticism for Zach Levine. It's warranted. It is. You get a big contract, you're under a microscope. That's it. But the tricky part for Zach Levine is he wants to be the man. He's like, you guys are criticizing me, but I'm not given the opportunity to be the man. And that's why sometimes it's it's unfair for a Zach Levine who's finally getting back to his normal self. Listen, we see how valuable it can be when you are at 100% strength, Alex Caruso. We can see the difference of a healthy Alex and one that is hampered by injuries. And the same thing goes for Zach Levine. You can see it in real time. If you're actually out there watching these games, you've seen him get better and more confident. So, so, yes, it is warranted, and you, you have to be. You get a max contract, that's just what it is. If I was the highest-paid person on the score right now, everybody would be looking at me crazy because they'd be like, dude, you got to live up to this. You got to. What, what else are you doing? That's why we look at – damn, I was going to throw somebody's name out there, <laughs> but I don't want to do it. That's why we look at certain people a certain way. But when you're talking about DeMar DeRozan and Edwin, and you mentioned that – that they can't coexist on the floor at the same time. You got to remember, that's exactly what people said would happen. We are now living in a world that has caught up to what naysayers were saying, that the two cannot coexist. It looks as if they can. It seemed that they could last year when they were, you know, operating with a true point guard that can feed them both the rock. But now it just seems like it's highlighted. The type of shots, the caliber of shots we want one of them to take minimizes the character of the other. And that's where we're at right now as Bulls fans. Will Purdue was on with Mully and Hall, and he talked about the Bulls' loss itself being one that could potentially make you want to pull your hair out. The um, Will Purdue mentioning, I mean, and you could see why he'd say, why you'd want to pull your hair out after a loss like last night? No, they didn't. And and the most frustrating and aggravating part was, as Billy mentioned in the postgame conference, that they talked about that. They talked about the MO of this Pacers team is they've gotten themselves down big in games and found ways to fight back. So when you, you hear that, you're like, all right, they knew this. They should have come out in the third quarter and seen, okay, we're up 16 Halfway through this third quarter, we need to be up 20-plus. We need to send a message to this team that we're not playing around. 
We're different than we were in the past because that's one of the things I talked about also in the postgame show. It says on opponents' scatter reports, and this is what we talk about, you know, about scatter reports. It's not just about players' tendencies. It's about characteristics of a team. And one of the things that it says about this Bulls team on every opponent's scatter report that's sitting in their chair when they walk into the arena is is that this Bulls team struggles with younger athletic teams. And, Will, they don't have four quarters of consistency in them. That's why you'll pull your hair out. You've seen the Bulls play well against the best teams in the league. Why? Because they themselves want to operate in the half court. What team that's sitting atop the East is a running gun team? The Bucks? Nah. I mean, Giannis is a one man fast break, sure. Philadelphia? No. Miami? No. The Brooklyn Nets? No. The Knicks? They're trying to be with Jalen Brunson. But those top teams the Bulls have good records against. They're operating the same kind of offense, same kind of style, so it's my best versus your best. But those mid-level teams, those those young and hungry teams that have something to prove, the Bulls struggle against them. They cannot match their intensity. Some text messages coming in from the 312. Zach Levine is clearly the biggest problem, at least 50%. He has no basketball IQ. That's rough. That's rough because you see it in spurge, right? Like, like you see him have some good defensive moments. You see him have some 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 good decision making when he's driving to the rim and trying to get rid of the ball. You see him make some tough shots. But then like he'll miss an assignment and just let a guy go by or and, and like he'll like pout. And I'm the I'm a huge Zach defender. But even I get frustrated in those moments. Some of those moments it feels like effort. And, and- I know it's always tough to like question a pro player's effort because yeah. it's not like they're not trying. But defensive assignments, that is, it's not lack of effort. It's lack of knowing your assignment, sure. which but like, studs, you know, it's come on, the, on. But studs is on the offensive side too. Yeah. Because I mean, he won't get a call and then he'll stay there. And then the play's going ahead. Like, that, that happens way too much with him. Way too much Dude, with him. Dude, don't just sit there and bitch about the call. Like, we, yeah. we know you're upset. And get I back down on defense. And I get it because Derrick Rose had to deal with it a ton when he was playing. He had really good body control, wasn't falling to the ground like DeMar DeRozan, and therefore was not getting the calls because it didn't look like a foul. I remember that clearly with Derrick Rose. 312-644-6767. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 to score. Are you as frustrated as I am as we're trying to figure out you know, everyone is to blame. Everyone gets some this nice little piece of humble pie, but who gets the biggest slice and who who gets a pass? Let's go to Rick out in San Francisco. Who the biggest slice of your humble pie goes to who? Billy Donovan. Interesting. Billy Donovan. Now, now why yeah. is that? What what makes you think that he is the the person that deserves the most blame? Well, he's the guy that ultimately holds these guys accountable. And um, he it's hard, I get to, because these are grown men and they get paid a lot of money. But ultimately, you know, you turn to the coach and I, you really have to be able to know how to get players to go, what motivates them but beyond money. 
And um, you also have to find the right group of players to put out on the court at a time. And I've seen too many times where he's had these lineups that just don't make sense between uh, Caruso out there as the main offensive player. Mm. Um, And I just, I've been very frustrated by it. And I will say too, I'll, I'll say humble pie, you know, look at where I'm wondering, where is our tourist? Where is our tourist? Where is Mark Eversley? Why are those men sitting behind closed doors, nowhere to be seen? Where are they? Yeah. You know, and so it is extremely frustrating to see a team that probably overachieved last year struggle so much and to not see those guys come out and say, hey, this is our plan. We knew this was going to happen. This is what we're going to do to make things better, or this is what we need to do to fix this. When is the last time that anybody from the Bulls leadership group, besides Billy Donovan, has come out and said, we're going to fix this, and this is how we're going to do it? When? I love, I, hear, I hear that. Thanks for the call, Rick. I, I really appreciate it. AK did go on the Bulls Talk podcast and mention just some stuff that was going down with the team and how he understands the frustration for the fan base. But you bring up some really good stuff, Rick. The coach has to hold these guys accountable, right? I mean, the the, the, the GM's job is to bring the talent in. The coach's job is to, to get those guys to to coexist on the floor together. That's that's literally your job. You got to manage the personalities. You got to get the best out of them. That's your job. You have to hold guys accountable. And it seems as though he's been trying to find the best starting lineup, the best rotation still. And it's like, damn, bro, we're, we're halfway through the season. I'm going to need you to figure that out or at least have a good grasp of what that looks like. And I'm sure he does, right? It's foolish for me to say Billy Donovan doesn't have a grasp of what he thinks it should be. But let's get that consistency going. Let's see it. Throw, throw, throw Kobe White in the starting lineup one time. If you're going to go ahead and play musical chairs with that one position, whether it's Caruso, you got you got Io, and then you're like, no, I'm a bench Io. Caruso, Caruso gets hurt. It's going to be Io. You know what? Oh, you know, DeRozan's hurt. Like, let's just see some consistency. Make guys feel good about what they're doing. And then he talked about putting the players on the court. It is tough sometimes. Sometimes it's tough, but that's a tough job for Billy because he's trying to get the minutes right between Zach and DeMar and, and getting them on the floor by themselves and then getting them on the floor together. So I totally understand that. And then you talked about AK and Eversley, Rick. And them not speaking, and, and you know, I just, I don't think anyone could have predicted the fall off, the with, with the Bulls not having Lonzo Ball, and I think that's the part that we can't really comprehend in our brains. The Bulls were playing so well, and you're like, you're telling me that you go from a first place team to missing the is Lonzo Ball not getting enough MVP votes? Is that what it is? Because if we're doing it like that, wins above replacement. Bulls weren't first. Bulls are damn near fighting for their lives to get into the playing game. I think the biggest problem really is you take Lonzo out and, you know, Dragic is at, does his thing, but he's really just, you know, a number two guy at this point yeah. in his career. But they, so outside of Dragic in the minutes he gets with the second team, they don't really have a true point guard. Yeah. And the problem is too, Dragic is now coming, the third point guard to play because it's, it's, it's Iowa to start. Then you got a Caruso, Kobe White situation happening, but see, and, and, and then like, you get Dragic. None of these guys, Io, Kobe White, 
Caruso, none of them are point guards. Like true, right, true point, point guards. guards. Right. You want you want that's why in the beginning of the season when Dragic and Alex Caruso were on the floor at the same time, they were playing so well together because Alex Caruso could then just be Alex Caruso. A sometimes three point shooter, a slasher, score when he needs to be, and Dragic could be the actual guy that's orchestrating the offense. It's Gabe Ramirez, six seventy the score. Taking your phone calls, man, because I know it. This is st- we're a Bears town, but people still loving the Bulls out here. Let's go to Mark in Burlington. So you're also blaming Billy Donovan for for this uh, disaster that you've been watching. Yeah, I'm just uh, I, I, I just think that Billy is kind of getting a free pass. He, uh, you know, I know he has some he has he has the credentials, and he his post game news conferences when I when I listen to him. He doesn't really give you any answers. He just. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you there, Mark. Tell me why they're, you know, tell me what's going on. I, I think they need someone who, who could, a motivator, obviously. Um, but I think, I think he's, he's kind of worn out as welcome. I, I, I don't know if that's a popular opinion. I'm, I'm surprised the guy before me was saying it. I, I haven't heard anybody really talk about it. I'm not a genius, but I, it's just like, they've got, they've got superstars and like, like you said, mentioned about Alonzo, obviously a great player, but a drop off like that, and they keep pointing to that one player. I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't see it. What would you? What would you? What would you want the the number one? What would you want him to do, Mark? Right? Because we're all about solutions here on my show. We're not about the problem. We know what the problem oh, is, Billy. But what's the solution? What What could he do to change your mind about him? I know I'm an old man, and I still deal with kids all the time coaching basketball. <laughs> you know, they, they need somebody to motivate them. They need somebody. Uh, you know, a I don't know if it's positive or if it's getting in somebody's uh, face. I, I don't really know. Yeah, I but hear that. I think. Oh. And uh, and and uh, I love listening to those guys, but they they don't seem to come out and and and, and put any blame on Billy. Yeah, I, that's I, tough. I, I hear what you're saying, Mark. I mean, it's tough to blame him because he just got the extension, so you know he's going to be here for a while. They're not letting him go. That's what that's what we do know for certain. You you want to reward a coach who kind of fixed things here in Chicago when they were kind of all over the place with the previous regime. And so you want to reward him for that. I do agree, like you said, it's the motivation. Let's go to John on the south side because I want it's leading me to my next question. John on the south side, here, here's the question I have after what Mark just said. Do you think the big three would respond well to a coach that would get in their face? Because that's something that we haven't seen from Billy Donovan, right? Like during a timeout, what the F is going on? Let's get your head out of your ass. Let's go. Like you don't see that from Billy Donovan. And do, do you think the guys would respond well to something like that? Um, I don't think they would necessarily respond well. I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to say uh, because, you know, you don't know the, the true character of some of these players. You know, we haven't really been able to see, see that. Um, but I do know one thing. And the last couple of calls have kind of hit on hit on what I was saying. I just want to add on one key thing, though. Uh, Billy Donovan, he's only shown to be his best when he's had a true point guard. When you think back when he was playing with Oklahoma, he had Chris Paul. When you think back last year at the beginning of the year at uh, uh, Alonzo, the Bulls are playing really good. So he's his system is – and I had to really think about this for quite a while because I'm thinking, like, you know what, he just not – I don't think he's the real coach, but then some buddies of mine were talking about it. I was like, you know what, he's only been good when he's had a real point guard. And so now I flip the blame to your original question – Who's to blame 
upper management. If you know that your coach, you need a point guard, regardless of it's Billy Donovan or me or you coaching whoever, if, if your main point guard goes down, they spent this offseason and did not address the point guard situation, which was astonishing to me. I knew that I, I called a few weeks ago, or, and I told you that I was kind of done with them to, to a certain degree, primarily because I knew in the summer that this season was going to be horrible. Yeah. I knew it was because we did not have a point guard. And no matter – we can blame Zach, we can blame uh, DeMar, Boots. It doesn't matter. When you don't have that leader and look at all the good teams in the league, what do they have? They have a good point guard. Even Milwaukee, they got Holiday. And when Holiday goes down, they got Carter. They got a legitimate yeah. point guard to orchestrate everything. We don't have that. So our problems – are going to continue, and this season is going to continue to go down the drain unless Lonzo comes back or whatever. But and we don't think that's going to happen. But until we get a point guard, so that we won't see the best out of Billy Donovan. Uh, um, since you just mentioned, I forgot that they did resign him for several years. We won't see the best of him unless we have a, a true point guard to help him in his system. I hear you, John. Thanks for the call. I really appreciate it. You, that's a great point that not many people are talking about. He was at his best when he had a Chris Paul, Lonzo Ball, a Corey Brewer in Florida. But you can't throw shade at over management because they did address the point guard issue. They brought in a veteran, Goran Dragic. That's exactly what they were thinking. And actually, that's probably one of our deepest positions when you're looking at it. With Io, Caruso, Dragic. So it'd be hard to bring in somebody else like that. But I hear what you're saying in terms of the top-tier teams. Who do they have? You're absolutely right. Drew Holiday and uh, Carter, that got, you know, veteran presence there. When you're looking, you know, at at Philadelphia, obviously James Harden is running the one a lot in those moments right there. Kyrie in Brooklyn. I mean, everybody has – if you even look at the Raptors, Atlanta, they have a Trey Young, uh, Van Fleet there as well. So that's a great, great point. But, God, I think we could all just hope that they just figure it out, bro. Make a move. Do something. Make me feel good about – cheering this team on and watching every damn game every damn day. It's like the gif of the guy in the stands just screaming, figure it out. Yeah, figure, That's what it is. Figure it out. <laughs> dude, Dude, next time I go to a Bulls game, I got, I've got to scream that. When they're losing, figure it out. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's 670, the score. Uh, someone that needs to figure it out is Cody Bellinger of the Chicago Cubs. Of course, uh, there's no longer a shift. So teams need to figure out how they're going to defend the the young man who just signed with the Northsiders. He actually talked about it. Talked about what it's going to be like to play a game without a shift and how happy he is. And I want you guys to hear the audio of Cody Bellinger describing just that. We'll also talk a little bit about the shifts in general on the other side. All right, It's Gabe Ramirez. We'll do that on the other side. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We've had some pretty good discussions about what they see, what I see, and, you know, open dialogue in a way where uh, we can both openly communicate with, with, uh, with, with things. And, you know, we're all on the same page and um, Dustin Kelly and, and Jay wash myself, and I'm going to start working with the uh, strength staff there here soon. I probably after the holidays and um, you know, just kind of get going, but you know, we're all on the same page and the open dialogue we had, when we first met till now has is, is been an important part of the process. Cody Bellinger talking about his love fest with the Chicago Cubs. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 the score. Going to be talking baseball for at least the next half hour or so. You know, Cody Bellinger, first of all, I can't believe that the Cubs 
Like if you if you looked at every single site that predicts future victories for MLB teams, the Cubs are sitting at 78. I was talking to one of my bosses here at the score, Ryan Porth, and we were joking. And I said, you would think with the excitement surrounding the Chicago Cubs that they'd be like a 90-win team, like based off what everybody's, you know, how hyped up everybody is. And then he's like, oh, Cesar Perez, one of our producers here at the score, has him at 78 as well. And I'm like, what kind of what kind of feel-good story is that? You go get Cody Bellinger, Dansby Swanson, you got six gold glovers on your team, and, and you're setting your bar at 78? But how confident are you to bet the over? High, high eyebrow emoji is, is what I'm thinking about right there. The cool thing is this. When it comes to Cody Bellinger and who, someone who I think is going to be exceptional for the Chicago Cubs, I think he's going to win the hearts of Northsiders around the country. And the reason why it's going to be so much easier is because of the new shift restrictions. And it was cool to hear Cody Bellinger kind of describe it from a, from a baseball lifer's perspective. Listen to this. It just opens up a completely different part of the game. You know, we were uh, just talking about it um, th- your whole life growing up. You hit a line drive. You have pitchers right there. You hit a line drive back at his face. That's a hit your whole life. A hundred percent of the time. In these last five years, it's an automatic out. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a shortstop standing right shortstop behind. Shortstop yeah. right there. And vice versa, you have a, a third baseman in right field. And so that ball you've hit in front of right field used to be hit your whole life. And now you got... Manny Machado standing right there catching everything <laughs> yeah, with a yeah with a you know, with a couple so. gold gloves. I was what I was telling him what I'm I'm most excited for I think, um and and I don't know how exactly it's going to look and how it's going to work but I think it's going to bring a lot of athleticism back into the game. Yeah, I think so too. These infielders are going to have to c- cover a lot of ground and, and show off you know what they can do as opposed to you know standing where the ball's probably going to be hit and I think it, for me as just like a baseball fan I think that's pretty exciting. Shout out to Marquee Network for giving us that audio right there. Cody Bellinger just talking about the the shift and how he's absolutely right. Guys are going to have to go back to showing off how athletic they are. And a guy like Cody Cody Bellinger is going to benefit from all that. It was really cool to just hear him. He sounded like a regular caller to the score. And he sounded like he was calling in. He's like, dude, the shift's going to be awesome. Guys are gonna have to play. It's really gonna benefit the Cubs, man. Like that's Cody Bellinger sounds like he's gonna be a blast. I can't wait to actually talk to him. That's gonna be a lot of fun. But I'm sure. He, listen, last year the Cubs were having a lot of fun. I want to make that very clear. There, there came a, a a murky point in the season when you were dealing with the Wilson Contreras stuff and whether Ian Happ was going to be gone. But overall, the team had a lighthearted approach to the season. And when you add guys like Cody Bellinger, that's exactly what he needs. A low-pressure situation so that that way he can perform at a high level. And that's all you want if you're a Chicago Cubs fan. Last year, 144 games. Cubs fans, Cubs as a whole would love 144 games from Cody Bellinger. Probably want his hits to go up just a little bit. Batted 210 last year. But if he can get somewhere in like the 270 range 
and get to like that Jose Abreu. I'm just going to slap the ball and get a base hit now that there's no shift there. Could mean a lot for the Chicago Cubs. You think, uh, Studs, you think you're going to be ex- like when you see a game, are you expecting higher run output now that there's the shift is no longer uh, able to be used? I think that on average, yeah, it'll go up for sure because it. there's no way it won't, you know, because there's just literally more gaps to hit into now. And so the, it's less advantageous for the defense. So I think, yeah, the the average runs across baseball are going to go up this year. I don't know. I don't think they'll go up by a ton. I think what we're going to see more of is, like, oh, man, that guy, whether it's Bellinger or lefty or right, whoever smacked that ball to right field on a line drive. And, oh, it's actually a base hit instead of being hit right at the shifted shortstop. Right. That's. I think that's going to be the more, I don't think, again, like it'll produce more runs because there's just the nature of it. I don't think it's gonna be. It's gonna make a, it's gonna make ton? baseball more fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's just gonna be more fun to watch. Be like, oh yeah, a guy actually crushed a ball and gets rewarded for it instead yeah. of getting getting it out. And it'd be frustrating to see like the little bunt down third base line when nobody's there. Th- those are those would always be. those are the. I loved that though because it, look, if you're gonna shift like that, right. I'm just gonna. You, you, I'm just gonna you hit love it, right it down in terms. Baseline. You love it in terms of like the ha ah, nah take take that. But you want a baseball? You want? I want the guy to be able to. You know, get a nice line. There's nothing nicer than a line drive to the gap. A nice little double, stand-up double in the gap. And that gets taken away a lot when you got that shift on there. You got that that, that outfielder between first and second or, you know, between short and third. And it takes away those rockets, and that sucked. It always sucked to see that. But I'm telling you right now, Cubs fans, and I don't feel like I'm putting a jinx on your team, Cubs are going to win more than 78 games. I'm a gambling man. I just don't like future bets. They take too long. But the Cubs are most certainly going to win more than 78 games. Pitching staff's going to surprise you. Kyle Hendricks is going to come back like like uh, Lance Lynn did last year. Defense is going to be good. It's going to be a scrappy team. A lot of 4-2 games. A lot of four, two, five, three games. Lots of those. So I think I think ultimately what the Cubs did this year is they raised their floor. Yeah. You know, last year there was just some games they were just so out overmatched because the talent just wasn't there. Yeah. But this year they actually have the talent to be competitive with some of the best teams. It's just they don't have the, the pitching's not going to be the pitching length isn't really there. Yeah. And, and they don't necessarily have the power to. But you know, they're like you said, they'll be scrappy. I could see them winning 80 games, definitely. For sure. It'll be by one game they'll hit the over, but they'll hit the over. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670, the score. Now we get an opportunity to talk about the Southsiders, Chicago White Sox. What are they doing with their season? Man, we get to talk to, man, my, man, dude, one of my faves today. I'm actually really excited about it. Herb Lawrence hanging out with us. 8 o'clock from CHGO. Sox, he's going to be talking to us. All his thoughts. Make sure you got your finger on the dump button because he said he might have to curse when letting some stuff off his chest. We'll talk to Herb Lawrence after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 to score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.